Hey, Claudio, it is great being with you once again. And listen, I am so super excited about this week as we're in our second week of our series called Flat Broke, where we really try to help you from God's word to not be flat broke, to get free from the pressure and the stress of money and what that means in your life. Because we believe that God's word teaches us how to work with our finances. And so I'm really excited about today because today is titled Breaking the Bondage of Debt. I don't know about you, but most people have way too much debt. If you're debt free, you can switch off, go make a coffee and enjoy your time off. But if you're struggling with some debt and, and wondering how to get out of it, I believe that today is going to give you some practical advice, practical answers, how to be debt free. And I believe that is something that if we, if we trust God, if we follow Jesus, it should be something that we aspire to because we don't want to live under this constant strain and pressure that debt places on our lives. Last week, we started off and said that this is the first biblical principle of handling your finances, of handling money. And we said that money is actually fun if you have some. But if you don't, if you have too much debt, then listen, you will never be able to have fun with money. You will never be able to give it away and buy the things that you really want and do the things that you really do um, because you're just a slave to some institution or some person that you borrowed money from. And so the first step to financial freedom is getting out of debt. But here's the thing. When we talk about getting out of debt, we get people with a lot of clever answers, you know, like, yes, but you know, there's good debt and there's bad debt. You know, like good debt is like home loan and all of that. Now, whoever told us that there's a difference between good and bad debt? Usually the people that tell you that there's good debt is your broke friend around the fire. They're usually the ones that tell you that debt is good. When it comes to God's word, Lending money is not good. It's not a good practice. It's not a good financial uh, plan for your life. I mean, in fact, when you want to know how to do things, you go to the person that have already done it. I mean, if, if you go to a marriage counselor, because perhaps your marriage is in trouble or you're, you're struggling a bit or whatever. And the marriage counselor starts off and says, yes, you know, well, I have personally been married 14 times. And with all the 14 women that I've been married with, you know, I have two kids with each of them and my current marriage, you know, we're not really married. We're still figuring things out. I promise you, you will run from that counselor. We do not go to people that don't know how to do things to get advice. But usually that's exactly what we do when it comes to money. We stand around a fire, we stand um, and visit with people and friends and we take their advice. But when you actually go look at their bank account and what's happening in their, in their finances, you might want to run away. So if you want to know how to do things, go to the people that actually know how to do it. And some of the people that know how to do it is the Forbes magazine every year releases the richest people in America. Now, I believe this is not South Africa, but the money principles apply all over the globe. And so they asked the 400 wealthiest people in America, 400 
wealthiest people in America and ask them, what is the number one thing that generates wealth in your life? Now, if you want to know how to be wealthy, you speak to these people. Because in this list, 400 people, over 65% of these people were first generation millionaires, which means that they came from nothing. They worked with their finances to the place where they are part of the 400 richest people in America. They know a few things about handling money. And guess what? 75% of these 400 wealthiest people, that's over 300 of these 400 people said the number one thing to become wealthy, they said, is to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Now, if people that know how to create wealth say that, perhaps we need to listen. And they weren't the first to say it. God was the first to say it in Scripture. God was the one that said, get out of debt and stay out of debt. He's the one that said lending is not good. We started off with a scripture last week, and I want to read it to you again. Proverbs 22 verse 7, it says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. That's what scripture says. If you are borrowing money, if you're lending money, it doesn't matter if you think it's good debt or bad debt. It doesn't matter. If you're lending money, you are a slave. You're a servant to whomever you're lending from. And maybe just to illustrate the point, we're not with each other right now, so we're not in the same location, but wherever you are, I want you to do something quickly. All right. I want you to close your eyes and take the best case guess that you can, and wherever you're seated right now, point north. Where is north? All right, I hope you're pointing. Maybe you've got an idea, but take your best guess. Point north. All right. And then, imagine where you're pointing. Think where that is. If you've got your phone with you or whatever, open compass and see whether you're correct or not. I have the suspicion that a lot of us pointed in the wrong direction. Now, this, this is more or less what it's like when it comes to debt. You can come and argue as much as you like with a lot of flowery language, with all your education and everything about where north should be, according to your opinion. And you can say, well, I think north should be there because this and this and this, these are the reasons why north should be there. But the fact of the matter is north is only one direction. And that's what scripture teaches us. It says that debt is bad. It's not good. It doesn't matter if it's long-term, short-term, whether the interest rate seems to be okay. Debt is not good because it makes you a slave of whomever you're lending money from. But there's, there's a problem with this because debt has been marketed to us so thoroughly that we've begun to believe that we can't function without debt. We've begun to believe that we can't function without it. And to break free of this, this paradigm, we need a paradigm shift. Because sometimes we worship at the altar of the credit score. Because we believe that the credit providers 
is our provider. When scripture actually says that God is your provider. And so you can't have a good credit score when you don't have credit. So you go open some kind of store retail account, you know, just to get a bit of credit. But soon that increases because now you realize, well, I can buy stuff and then I can pay it off. And then suddenly there's a credit card and there's an overdraft and there's a revolving facility. And suddenly you lend a little bit more on your home loan and you, you just get into more and more and more debt. And you feel like, well, I'm living the life. But in fact, you are being chained up so much more. And it's only because it's been marketed to us in this way that we've begun to believe that you can't function without debt. Who buys a car cash? Very few people. Maybe you think it's only the rich people that buy a car cash because we've been trained to think that way, that in order to buy a car, well, you need a loan. But is that really true? Is that really true? I believe there are ways in which we can live debt-free. Yeah, but what about my credit score? So what about the credit score? You don't need a credit score when you've got cash to buy things. You don't need a credit score when you walk into a uh, vehicle showroom and tell them, hey, I want to buy that car. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll get the paperwork. No, no need paperwork. Have you got a point of sale machine? I just want to tap my card. I can promise you the salesman will fall on his back. There is a way to live like that. But it requires that for a season that you live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. And very few of us want to take that step back. It's not a step back. It's a step in the right direction. Because why would you want to drive a 200,000 Rand car when an 80,000 rand car can do the same job and you can actually save money and add that payment to an investment account and savings account and maybe for five years drive that old car because it'll do the same job, but I'm sure not many of us will want to drive that car forever. And so you, you want to upgrade and that's fine and that's good, but why not save that money for fa five years and later on buy the 200,000 rand car cash? See, we've been indoctrinated we've been taught so thoroughly that we can't live without debt that we've begun to believe it but today we're talking about how to get out of debt and the bible teaches us if you believe scripture then there's one thing that i believe we need to do if we say we believe scripture then we need to really pay attention to what scripture says and so proverbs 6 verse 1 starts off and Solomon tells his son, so scripture says, my son, if you have signed surety for someone, which in fact means that you have signed on behalf of someone else's debt, you have incurred debt in your life. So if you've done that, if you've gotten into debt, if you've taken out a loan or whatever, then the Bible goes on and it says, do this. Now, if you believe scripture, when the Bible says, do this, well, maybe we need to do it. 
Maybe it's something we need to pay attention to. And if you're really serious about breaking the bondage of debt over your life, you need to hear the following few things from Scripture. If you're saying, well, I'm tired of being indebted. I'm tired of having the strain and pressure of being in debt and living under that weight and having to work my whole life just to pay back things that I don't even see. Well, you need to do this. And there's two main things that you need to do. And the first thing, Scripture tells us that bondage is broken with, listen to this, gazelle intensity. Or, since we're a rugby nation, bok intensity. Right. No reference to the spring bucks. But this is what Scripture says, Proverbs 6 verse 5. So the writer starts off and says, if you've signed surety, if you've incurred debt on your life, do this. And it says, save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Now, if you've ever been to the bushveld and you've seen some springbok or impala grazing around, Maybe you were in the Kruger National Park and you saw that. Or maybe you watched the Discovery Channel. Maybe that's as close to the bush as you get. But you watch the Discovery Channel. You see these gazelle, they're just grazing. They're enjoying the show, but they've got a predator detector behind their head. And suddenly you see the camera panning on the Discovery Channel to the cheetah, you know, lying in the grass, you know, busy stalking its prey. And the next moment, the gazelle's head pops up, ears twitch, and they do one thing. And I believe this is what Scripture is trying to teach us when it comes to debt. Do you know what they do? They run! They don't sit around. They don't sit and wait and say, well, maybe he'll pass me by. Maybe, maybe he'll get somewhere else. Because Scripture is trying to teach us something. That debt is like a hunter. It's trying to get you. It's trying to destroy your life. You need to run. You need to have intensity. You need to want to get out of it. You can't just wait for it to pass. You can't just go to debt and say, well, I hope that in a couple of years' time I'll be out of debt. There needs to be an intensity. There needs to be an intentionality when it comes to debt to get out of it. Bondage is broken with gazelle-like intensity. You need to run. You need to get out of it. Because here's the thing. You can wander into debt, but you can't wander out of it. You can sort of stroll into debt. And most of us have done that, you know. Oh, we'll take this loan and we'll take that loan. And yeah, maybe we need to increase this loan. And maybe we need to get a more, you know, a more flexible option here. And maybe a, a credit card with a bit more benefits or whatever. And before you know it, you're way in over your head. You've just wandered into debt. But getting out of debt, you can't just wander out of it. You need to run. There needs to be an intensity there needs to be an intentionality. There needs to be a focus. And that's what Scripture is trying to say. He says, my son, if you have incurred debt, do this. Save yourself like the gazelle running from the hunter. You need to run. You need to kick it. You need to put on the afterburners. You need to move in a certain direction in order to get away. Because this thing won't leave you. It chases you down. 
It chases you down. You need intensity in order to get out of debt. That's the first thing the scripture teaches us. Debt is not good. It makes you a slave. And if you are in debt and you want to get out, you need to run. You need to have some intensity. And that's the first thing the scripture says. But the second thing we need to talk about, the bondage is broken, and this is really practical. This is not necessarily very spiritual, but this is just practical financial advice. The second thing that gets you out of debt is what is called the debt snowball. And this is what you do. You list all your debts from the smallest to the largest, regardless of the interest rate. Doesn't matter what the interest rate is. Um, if I know there's theories that say you need to pay off the interest, the highest interest rate first, and you know because that's where most of the interest goes to. But the debt snowball says no, you pay off the smallest one first because we're not trying to beat mathematics. We're not trying to figure out where we're going to pay the least interest mathematically and trying to figure that out. We are trying to change our behavior toward debt. And so if you can pay off the smallest one first, guess what that does? It creates momentum. So what you do, you list all your debts, smallest to the largest, and you pay minimum payments on all your debts, except the smallest one. You pay a little bit extra on that one. And you try to pay that off as quickly as you can. And when that's paid off, you will have a surge of energy. You will sense, oh, well, I've accomplished something. I've done something. And then you take all that money and you put it in the second largest one until that one's paid off and you take all that money and you pay it into the third largest one and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, how many ever you might have. But it, it allows you to change your behavior toward debt, but you need intensity in doing that. And those two things have the ability to break the chains of debt on your life if you have intensity and you have a plan to change your behavior when it comes to debt. And so I quickly want to give you a few steps out of debt. And the first step out of debt is you must save money. Now, I want to say this. You need some money to be put away before you start cutting up your credit cards and canceling your cards. Because you've been leaning on a crutch for so long. And it doesn't help if you, you've been leaning on a crutch for six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, forty years. You've been leaning on this crutch, and it might be a rubber crutch, the crutch of debt and a credit card, but you've been leaning on that thing, and it doesn't help throwing away the crutch when you've not learned to walk yet. You're going to fall. And so if you start cutting up your credit cards the first thing right now, and you don't have some money put away, and in two weeks' time your car has a flat tire, you need to change that, guess what? You're just going to reapply for a credit card to get it done. So first thing to get out of debt is you need to put away some money. And I want to encourage you, and I know it might sound like a lot, but if you can save up as quickly as possible between 10 and 20,000 Rand in some savings account, and just leave it there. That's the first thing that you need to do. You don't want to throw away the crutch immediately. You first want to learn how to walk. And the first way, the first step that you take into breaking the bondage of debt is you save up some money. You have some money in a fund put away. You just leave it there in case something goes wrong. 
So that's the first step. The second thing that you need to do is you need to quit borrowing more money. Now that sounds very obvious, but a lot of us do exactly the opposite. When you're in a hole and you want to get out of a hole, the first thing you do is you stop digging. But many of us do exactly that. We're in this hole, we want to get out, but now things go wrong and so we keep on digging. We just take out another loan and we just get deeper and deeper and deeper and that's no way out. Now, if you're digging a hole and you want to get out, you can probably go through but that's a really deep hole. I mean, if you're digging from South Africa, you'll end up on the other side of the earth eventually, but you'll probably be dead. You can't get out by keeping on digging. And this is going to require immense gazelle intensity because I know how life works. You're going to decide, I'm going to save up some money. And so you're saving up some money. And then you're saying, oh, well, I'm cutting up the cards. I'm canceling the cards. You know, we're going to pay off this debt. And you're really determined to do it. And the first thing that happens, life just throws a curveball. The car breaks down. And what we tend to do, we just say, well, I need the car. I need the car. So, you know, let's just take out another loan, get the car fixed. But these are the moments that are pivotal to the way that you behave toward money. You need to get out of it. You need a car to get to work. That's true. But maybe you can get a friend to take you. Maybe you can get an Uber. There are ways and means that you don't have to get into debt to get the car fixed. Maybe you can Uber for like six months and save up some money and get the car fixed. There are ways and you need to figure out those ways. You need to trust God to help you to think creatively about not borrowing more money. That's the second step to get out of debt. First, you save up. Secondly, you quit borrowing any more money. You just stop doing it. And then the third step is, can you imagine that prayer really works? Prayer really works. God according to scripture, is the owner of everything. So God owns everything and you are flat broke. Your father owns everything. So here's the thing. E.T., phone home, call dad. He has what you need. He has what you need. But as I said last week, I really believe God looks at us sometimes and sees how we handle our finances and thinks, oh, that one's a bit stupid. You know, I'm not giving that one anything more. But when you start saving up money and you quit borrowing and you really try, I believe God looks at you and says, hey, you're growing a brain. Maybe I can give you something extra. Maybe it can help a little bit. And I've seen this countless times that a loving father comes to the rescue of his children who have this intensity to get free from the slavery of debt. Prayer actually works. He loves you. God wants to help you. God wants to be with you. But I really believe that as a loving father, he won't help you in your stupidity. He won't help me in my stupidity. He's going to just say, no, you're, you're, 
you're way off. You're a bit stupid. You know, just, just lie down. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> and, and maybe you feel offended in the way that I speak to you right now, but maybe we need to hear it this way. Sometimes we just need to grow a brain. And then when you pray, God hears. God listens. God wants to help. Save up some money. Quit borrowing more money. Pray. Phone home. You've got a loving father that wants to help you. Fourth step of getting out of debt. Sell some stuff. Sell some stuff. Most of us have things lying around our homes that we don't need, that we haven't used for years, but there's sentimental value or something keeping you back. You need to sell some stuff. And the money that you get from that, you just chuck it all into debt as much as you can you just start paying off stuff sell some stuff get rid of things that you don't need get rid of stuff that's just filling up your life creating a mess that you don't want you've actually never wanted it someone gave it to you and you thought well i'm just going to keep it because you know maybe in two years time they're going to come and have coffee then i'll take out that thing so that they might see that i still have it you know why just sell it You've got a bicycle hanging in your garage because 15 years ago you were a cyclist, but 15 years have passed and you haven't gotten on a bike in 15 years. Sell it. Let it go. The time's over. You're not 25 anymore. <laughs> Just let it go. Sell some stuff. Get rid of the stuff. Use that money to start getting out of the hole. And the last step out of debt Maybe get another income. Get another part-time job. You know, but we have this Christian way of saying we're lazy. And the Christian way of saying you're lazy is just, you know, I'm just waiting on God at the moment. That's just lazy. The Bible teaches that if you don't work, you can't eat. And maybe for a season, you need to work like anything you need gazelle intensity maybe you need to work two jobs to get out of debt because you've been so deep in debt that one job won't get you out of it maybe you need something else maybe you need a side income maybe you need something extra and for a season you're going to have to do that you're going to work like crazy so that later on you can work whenever you want but that's the end goal maybe you need to take a part-time job you know what they say, there's a great place to go when you're broke, to work. That's a great place to go. You need to save up some money right now. If you want to get out of debt, you need to quit borrowing more money. You need to realize you've got a father that loves you and you can pray to him. And I believe that his grace is sufficient for you and he will help you. You need to sell some stuff. And maybe you need to take on an extra job. Maybe you need some extra income. Whatever it might look like for you, you need gazelle-like intensity to start paying off the debts because God wants you to be free. God wants you to live in freedom and with peace. He wants you to live a life of fulfillment and a life of abundance. And He's giving you stuff he's giving you skills and he's speaking to you from scripture and saying get out of debt because you're a slave to whomever you borrowed from 
You need that intensity. You need to run. You need to get away from it. You need to really get to the place where you're saying, I'm tired of being flat broke. Maybe you need to put the list of your debts on your fridge and every single time you walk past it, you need to, you need to frown at that and you say, debt, you're going down. You know, maybe you need to do something like that to you really fire yourself up. Maybe your kids will look at you and think you're, you've lost it. You're, you've gone mad, but you need some intensity. You need to start saving up. You need to quit borrowing more. You need to pray. You need to sell some stuff and perhaps take another job. But whatever it is that you need to do, I pray that God will set you free from the bonds of slavery. Remember, you can wander into debt, but you can't wander out. You need to break that bondage. You need to shift your paradigm. You need to move the way that you're thinking about debt and realize that Scripture teaches that no debt is good. It's just bad. That's my prayer for you today, that you will live free, that you will live without bondage on your life. May I pray for you. Lord, we thank you that you've come to set us free, not just from our sinful lives, but you teach us, Jesus, that you came that we might have life in abundance. And so often it's the, the pressure and the slavery of death that keeps us away from that abundance. Lord, I'm not just only talking about a big bank balance. I'm talking about freedom. And I pray that as people are listening to me right now, that they will experience that freedom that you give. Lord, and you give us plans. You give us wisdom from Scripture. I pray that people will study your words, study your Scriptures regarding what you say about their finances and that they will be able to live free with you. Lord, thank you for giving people intensity right now. I pray that people will become angry at their dead debts right now. Thank you, Lord for helping us get out of that trap. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Get some gazelle-like intensity and start running. God loves you. May you have a blessed day.